What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your guy, JR, and thanks for tuning in as I take you across the world of sports. I'll share with you the major storylines, give you updates, and my opinions on different topics. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. This is episode number 11. So real quick, I if you heard my last episode, uh, the NBA, the one I did, I said it was episode uh, number nine. That was incorrect. <laughs> that was actually episode number 10. This is episode number 11. So if you listened to my last episode and you heard that, my apologies, my mistake, that's actually episode number uh, 10, and this is episode number 11. So today I'm going to bring to you uh, the World Series some college football, some NFL for the previous weekend. I'm sorry that I'm getting you this so late. I uh, had a busy week so far. But we're going to do a little recap of the previous week uh, leading into uh, this coming weekend. Uh, today, I'm recording this on Thursday, November the 10th. Um, this, so this is going to be before the Panthers and Falcons play tonight. Um, so we don't know the – of course, I want my Panthers to win. Part of me don't because I want them to tank so we can get CJ Strider by Sean. But anyways, that's another topic for another day. Um, but this is before that game. So, again, like I said, I apologize for getting to you so late in the week. But I'm going to do a short recap of what happened uh, with the World Series, uh, some college football, um, the big game between Georgia, Tennessee. Also, we're going to hit on some uh, NFL as usual. I'll give you my power rankings. I'll give you – uh, MVP rankings, and we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to talk about what happened in the trade deadline, uh, some moves that happened that I think is going to help, and some moves that I think should have happened. So, again, without further ado, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, episode 11, which I got JR, and we'll be right back. Then we're going to dive into the World Series, and we'll talk about what happened there, and if I got my prediction correct or not. All right, we'll be right back, guys. All right, we are back. The Astros win the World Series four games to two, just like I predicted. I said that the Astros would win in six games. I thought that with the experience of that team, I thought with Dusty Baker uh, being an incredible uh, manager, I thought that they would win in six games just due to they've been there before. Um, they've been there before. they got the experience. They've been there for the last six years. They know what it takes to win. They have the bats. They had the pitching staff. They had everything going for them. Uh, the Phillies were hot. I'll give them that. Them guys were hot. They were ultra hot, except for the one game they got no hit, which is crazy to me. So they smacked five homers the game before, and they get no hit the game after. That's why I love baseball. That's exactly why I love it, because one night, you can hit everything. You can hit five homers in a game. You can tie a World Series record, hit five homers as a team. And then the next night, you tie another one by getting no hit. That's why I love baseball, man. So... So unpredictable. Uh, but this year, the best team at one, you know, and you could argue, you could say the Dodgers were the best team in the America in baseball, the Astros, they were definitely up there, but the best team out of this one won. The Astros were clearly the best team uh, in this matchup. Uh, shout out to the Phillies, shout out to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper put on a show, had some clutch hits. Kyle Schwarber uh, had, you know, hit some mammoth home runs. The whole team, the pitching staff, everything about that Phillies team. Um, 
I don't like him because I'm a Braves fan, but I got to give respect uh, where respect is due. And Phillies, they earned some respect on this one because they played phenomenal. Um, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with over uh, in the East. I really believe that uh, over the next few years, I still think the Braves have the best team in the NL East, but I think that they're going to be a force to reckon with. And you're going to see the Braves, Phillies, and Mets continue to battle it out for um, tops in that division. So uh, they ended up winning 4-2. Jordan Alvarez hit a three-run homer in that game six. That really put them ahead. They added an insurance run and uh, ended up going on to win that game. Um, Jeremy, rookie sensation, Jeremy Pena won the World Series MVP. I was wrong. I picked Alex Bregman. I thought that Alex Bregman, with the experience, uh, would uh, come through and win for them. I thought Jose Altuve struggled the whole postseason, so I didn't think he would win. Jordan Alvarez struggled um, after the second round, so I, I figured he wouldn't win. Um, but I did not think Jeremy Pena would win World Series MVP, but he did. He was on fire. He played great. The defense was incredible. The bat was incredible. Uh, so they got themselves a amazing player right there. And Jeremy Pena at shortstop, uh, definitely replacing Carlos Correa, who left. Uh, maybe end up being better than Carlos Correa. We don't know. Carlos Correa did not have a good year this year with the uh, Twins, Minnesota Twins. So shout out to Jeremy Pena, man, for winning World Series MVP. ALCS MVP. I mean, this 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 young man, he is he is he's on fire. So hopefully he goes into next year uh, with more confidence, knowing that he's the guy at that shortstop position. And I got news for y'all: the Astros ain't going nowhere. They're not going nowhere. They're gonna be around. Um, I know a lot of people hate them because of the cheating scandal, but that's in the past for me. Um, and, and most of that. Here's the thing, guys: most of that team is gone. Only four people are left from that. Uh, four players including, uh, I think, management as well, outside of the owner and GM. Only four people are left from that team. So cheating stuff's done. They're just a good team. Dusty Baker, I'm so uh, happy for him. World Series title as a manager and a player in Rare Company. I'm so excited that he won. So uh, glad that he got a chance to win one. He re-signed. He actually re-signed and said he's coming back this year. So that's 73. He'll be 74. So hopefully – you know, they make it back and they lose to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> um, I want to see my Braves win another one, but I'm happy for Dusty Baker. So congrats to the Astros. Um, moving on uh, in the world and MLB. So there's a lot of free agents that's available. We know the shortstop class is incredible. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, um, Carlos Correa, Trey Turner. Uh, there's a lot of shortstops out there. Uh, so we will see. Uh, what will happen with the shortstops? Who will sign where? Aaron Judge is still out there. He's wanting to be signed. Here's a name that you got to keep an eye on, too. Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom's a free agent this year. Justin Verlander is a free agent. So there's been rumors that DeGrom wants to come to Atlanta. So we'll see what happens. We will definitely take DeGrom. But I will only take DeGrom if we re-sign Dansby. Have to re-sign Dansby. I don't want DeGrom if we don't re-sign Dansby. I think DeGrom will be awesome. And I love Von Grisham. But I want Dansby Swanson back in the A. So let's get Dansby Swanson back, and then let's find room for DeGrom because that would add so much value to our pitching staff. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll we'll dig into offseason moves later. But as for today, congrats again to the Astros winning the World Series in six games, 4-2. to two. Jeremy Pena, World Series MVP. Congrats to Dusty Baker and well-deserved championship. Uh, looking forward to next season. Like I said, looking forward to the offseason moves. We'll see where Aaron Judge lands. We'll see where all these shortstops land. And hopefully the Braves re-sign Dansby. And I would love to have Jacob DeGrom so we can come back 
and get what belongs to us, the World Series title. <laughs> but um, again, fun, fun season, guys. If you kept up with uh, the Major League Baseball, fun season this year. The race with Aaron Judge was just incredible. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, fun, fun season, fun season. Moving on. College football. Down goes number one, Tennessee. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't know why the committee voted them number one. I thought that Georgia didn't do anything to lose that number one spot. And more importantly, Tennessee didn't do much to gain the number one spot. Yeah, they beat Alabama, but Georgia looked good all year. To me, they didn't do anything to lose that number one ranking to fall to three. But anyways, they had them at three. They had Tennessee at one. Georgia dominated them, won the game 27 to 13. Stetson Bennett, I'll be honest with you, actually surprised me. Was 17 for 25, 257 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, actually had a good game. We got a great, didn't make any mistakes. Uh, put the ball where it needed to be. Played a very good game. The defense sacked Hayden Hooker six times, uh, which is crazy. They came into the game with an SEC low 10 sacks, which blows my mind for Georgia. When you think of Georgia, you think of dominant defense. You think of getting to the quarterback. So I thought, you know, they would, I thought they would be tops in sacks, but they were actually the last team in the SEC in sacks with 10. But this game, they came in and got six. They were on fire. They were motivated. Um, I guess the number three ranking got them fired up. Kirby Smart had them ready to go. They sacked them six times, um, played great defense, held uh, Hyatt, the outstanding receiver, to six receptions and 63 yards. Hooker didn't miss Hyatt one time on. He had to Georgia defender beat by three or four steps. Hooker just happened to miss him. But that would have been a big play to start that game off. But Again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? So, um, Tennessee goes down to Georgia. Uh, Georgia dominated them. Uh, congrats to Georgia for winning. Georgia would vault back up to the number one spot. Um, after that win, uh, Georgia. So, the standings fall like this now. It's Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan. Uh, I think Tennessee fell to five, and I believe Oregon is at six. So, if you noticed, some notable names fell out of that top four. One of them being Roll Tide, Alabama. LSU, number 10 LSU, defeats number six Alabama. Um, that That's it for Alabama. I don't think they can make the college playoff now. Even if they, let's say LSU loses one and Alabama wins out, makes it back to the SEC championship game, and they beat Georgia somehow, I still don't believe they'd make it to the playoffs. Um, I know some people probably believe they would because it's Alabama, but I don't believe. I think it's done for Alabama. Um, but I do think – I'll get to that in a second. So, LSU, Jaden Daniels, quarterback, 22 of 32, 182 yards, two touchdowns. This is where he hurt Alabama right here. 18 carries for 95 yards and touchdown. He hurt Alabama with his legs. Nick Saban has yet to figure out how to slow down a running quarterback. That has been his downfall. When they played Clemson in the past, Deshaun Watson killed him with his legs. Um, and obviously the arm as well, because it's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in college football. One of the best in the NFL up until all that stuff happened with him. Um, Trevor Lawrence in college was phenomenal. Killed him with his legs. Um, remember Johnny Menzel? When Menzel was hot at Texas A&M, killed him with his legs. Uh, Prescott, when they played him, killed him with his legs. Like, Saban has yet to figure out how to stop a running quarterback, like, or at least slow him down. And Jaden Daniels destroyed them with 18 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. The thing is, you may look at me like, JR, that's only 95 yards, but it was a crucial 95 yards. 
a lot of them 95 yards came on third down or in that overtime run. One, the first play ran, touchdown. They went for two, game over. Like, if you stop his legs, stop him from running, you can control them. But they could not do that, so they go down. Um, he played a phenomenal game. Uh, glad to see him win that. Bryce Young, 25 for 51, 328 yards of touchdowns and interception. He struggled through most of that game, but made the plays when he had to make them. Uh, that's the thing about Bryce Young is he may struggle. Completion percentage wasn't as great, but he always steps up and makes the plays that he needs to make to put them in a position to win. Um, the thing about Alabama, and I don't know what you guys think, but the thing about Alabama that I see from a fan perspective and just watching the game, they don't have that explosive receiver anymore. You look in the past, they've always had explosive receivers. They've had Julio. They've had Amari. They've had uh, Jerry Judy. They've had Devontae Smith. They've had Jalen Waddle. Uh, they got Jamison Williams. They've had John Mechie III. Just to name a few over the years, explosive big-time receivers that went that went in the first round other than Mechie because of injury. Um, and they've had explosive receivers. I don't see that explosive receiver this year. I think that's the big, the, the big difference with them. They always had that one guy that could take the top off the defense where that could catch or that could not be stopped regardless of what you've done. And they don't have that guy this year. So I think that's the big difference with them. Uh, and Gibbs have been great in the run game. But to me, their run game has been a little less effective this year as well. So this ain't the same Alabama team that we've seen in the past. Uh, the defense surely isn't the same, giving up big time you know, points and yards to teams. That's not a saving defense that we're accustomed to seeing. Um, and I saw somebody put on social media that the, uh, and I saw Paul Feinbaum as well, uh, that guy. Anyway, I saw him say as well that the Nick Saban Alabama dynasty was over. I got news for you, it ain't over. I still think Nick Saban's going to win a championship before another championship before he retires. I don't think it's over. You really think Nick Saban's going to walk away like this? It ain't over. Alabama's going to bounce back and win another one before he leaves. Just watch and see. But for this year. I don't think Alabama's going to make it to the playoffs. LSU with a big-time win. I'm going to tell you all, though, I, I think LSU going to slip up and lose one. I really do. Like, you got a big-time win, but I guarantee you LSU will slip up and will lose another game and somehow fumble the bag. Watch what I tell you. Moving on, Ohio State, number two Ohio State, defeats Northwestern 21-7. Um, the thing I like about Ohio State is Ohio State, can play any type of way. If you watch that game against Northwestern, shout out to my guy Shane. My brother Shane was arguing with me. I told him that Ohio State, in my opinion, was the best team in the country. That's no shot at Georgia. I just thought Ohio State, they can get it done any type of way. They can out. If you want to score, they can score. If you want to play a run game with defense, they can do that. In this game, if you watched it, it was rainy, it was uh, windy, it was messy. But they pulled it out 21-7. C.J. Stroud did not have a good game at all. I think he ended up throwing for 80 yards, something like 9 of 20 or something like that. But if you watch the conditions in that game, it was super. the winds were over 20 miles per hour. It was raining. There was no way you was throwing a football in that. And if you did, it wasn't going to be as effective. It had to be short passes. It wasn't going to be down the field. Ohio State can play any type of way. That's what I like about them. That's what I. They can play slow, fast, in the rain, in the mud, in the snow, bright sunny cloudy it don't matter they can adapt to however the conditions are and that's what i like about them their defense is better than it has been in the past um so i think ohio state is the best team in the country um 
that's even watching Georgia. I think the defense is better. I think, no, we're not better than Georgia, but it's better. Ohio State's defense is better than it has been in the past, which I think makes them a threat. I really do. I would not be surprised if we see Ohio State versus Georgia in the national championship coming up for that national championship game this year. Would not be surprised. Um, if you follow this podcast, you know that I've been keeping an eye on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. They both kind of for the Panthers because I think the Panthers need to tank to get one of them. But if you, I've kept an eye on both of them all year. I still lean more towards C.J. Stroud. Um, I still think he is he throws better from the pocket. But Bryce Young can make stuff happen. Uh, if, if the pocket breaks down, Bryce Young can get outside of the pocket. He can make throws on the run. He can improvise. I haven't seen that much from C.J. Stroud. Because Stroud doesn't use his legs a lot. Um, he really does his work from the pocket. Uh, but I still think Stroud's the, the the number one pick. But Bryce Young's making it very hard for me <laughs> to stick with that. Bryce Young has showed up, has performed. He's been clutch. Bryce Young is a very, very good player. Um, I think they're both are going to be outstanding quarterbacks at the next level. I just preferably think C.J. Stroud would fit great with the Carolina Panthers. Um, moving on. Notre Dame defeats number four Clemson. Uh, Clemson, I feel like we all saw this coming the whole year. Clemson just hadn't been the same Clemson Tigers. Um, DJU, I call him DJU because I cannot say his last name. Excuse me for that. <laughs> but DJU, 27 of 39, 191 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Did not play well. Um, just didn't have a good game. Uh, I think that they need to make a decision. I know Dabo's been going between DJ and Klubnik, K Klubnik. Uh, sometimes K to come in when DJ's struggling, and then DJ go back in. Like I, I think they need to make a decision. Either stick with DJ the rest of the year or go ahead and make the move. But they just did not look good. The same for them. They don't have that explosive player that they normally have. Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike, um, Mike Williams, uh, Martavis Bryant was explosive for them. The receivers that they've had, they don't have those guys. Amari, Amari Rogers, they don't have the, that explosive receiver anymore. So I think that's hurting them. Will Shipley has been incredible as a running back. I think he's their only explosive player um, Well, that I've seen so far. But I think that Clemson's been struggling all year. And I think we all saw this coming at some point, that they were going to end up losing. And Notre Dame came in there and played a good game and defeated them. Moving on, number five, Michigan defeated Rutgers 52-17. to uh, Michigan's quietly flying under the radar as one of the better teams in the country. I've never believed in them. Uh, I've never believed in Michigan. And probably still don't, but they're quietly playing very good football. They can run the ball with the best of them and play outstanding defense, so better watch out for Michigan as well. And last but not least, number seven, TCU defeats Texas Tech. Um, they moved to 9-0. and We need to watch out for TCU. TCU have been playing well. Um, and my question, though, is are they good enough to beat Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera, Oregon? Are they good enough to beat all of them? Like, Oregon's quietly been playing well. They're the number six team in the country now. Bo Nix has quietly been playing very good. They got crushed by Georgia. But ever since that defeating loss to Georgia, they have been outstanding. So, better watch out for Oregon, too. But, can TCU hang with those teams is my question. So, wild weekend for college football. You've seen some of the Titans in college football that we've seen over the last few years go down, Clemson and Bama. Um, it's yet to see. Clemson may still have a chance to, to get in the playoffs. I don't think so. Um, if they have to face North Carolina and Drake May in the HC Championship, that's going to be a tough game for them. Drake May. If you haven't kept up with Drake May, Drake May is incredible. Uh, 
stats are out of this world, can run, can throw. Drake May is a very good quarterback, probably going to be number one pick in the draft. Um, not this year, but next year when he's eligible. Drake May is unreal. So that's all for college football. Um, down goes, like I said, Bama. Uh, down goes Tennessee. Down goes Clemson. Georgia regains the number one spot. And we'll stay there until we get to the playoffs. I don't think nobody else is beating Georgia. They're too good. I believe Georgia, Ohio State is the best team in the country, but that's yet to be seen. We'll be right back. All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. All right, guys, welcome back. Now to some NFL. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Are the Jets for real? It's hard not to say yes because they just defeated the Buffalo Bills 20-17. to Listen, that defense played outstanding. Um, held Josh Allen to 18-34, of 34, uh, 205 yards, threw two interceptions. He did hurt him on the ground a little bit. Nine carries, 86 yards, for two touchdowns. But overall, defense played incredible. Sauce Gardner played incredible when he was matched up with their top receivers. Gabriel Davis was a no-show. You know why? Because that man, Sauce Gardner, was on him. He was a no-show the whole game. Stephon Diggs did show up with five receptions for 93 yards, uh, but that defense played incredible. Zach Wilson actually didn't have a bad game. Zach Wilson actually played pretty decent, 18 of 25, 154 yards and a touchdown. The rookie, Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson, from Ohio State, had eight receptions for 92 yards. Uh, I told y'all, in the last uh, one of the last episodes, I thought that he needed to start getting, you know, Zach Wilson needed to start getting more on with Garrett Wilson because that's going to be your two. If they believe in Zach Wilson, which I still don't fully believe in him, but you have to give him time to see if he can develop. Um, he needs to get on the same page with Garrett Wilson because that's going to be your playmaker right there. So those two needed to be, uh, they need to click. And it looks like they started clicking in this game. Um, but the Jets, uh, that defense looked incredible. Um, they came to play. They were motivated. And I think this team's for real, man. I really do. Uh, they're 6-3. and three. I think that this Jets team is for real right now. So you better watch out for them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills dropped their second game. Uh, so they've now lost to the Dolphins and the Jets. Um, but I still think the Bills are going to be there in the end. This was just a bad game for them. Much like the Chiefs when they lost to the Colts uh, early in the year. But I, you know what? I can't even, you know what? Let's backtrack. I can't even compare it to that because the Colts are terrible. The Jets aren't terrible. They're actually a good team. So that's just, that's just a good win for the Jets. Um, the thing that concerns me, though, is Josh Allen left this game. After the game, we got reports of his elbow hurting. So they ended up doing MRIs and some testing. And Josh Allen has a, uh, a problem with his UCL. Uh, I think they said it's kind of in a nerve issue. If you know anything about UCL, same thing pitchers go through when they have to get Tommy John surgery. Then it ends up being a problem with the UCL. I'm not saying that he has to have Tommy John, but they said that his, you know, his elbow was bothering him. It's a nerve issue. So Josh Allen may not be available. For all you fantasy players out there that has Josh Allen as your quarterback, like me, I'm in three or four different leagues, and in each league I have Josh Allen in every single league. So I'm in trouble. It's, I'm not having a good year this year anyway. But anyways, that's another topic. But <laughs> all you fantasy owners, be able to look out. Josh Allen may not play this week. Case Keenum is the backup. Case Keenum is a serviceable backup. He can come in. He can win a game or two for you until Josh Allen can get back, especially with the team that they have around him. But um, the Jets, 
are they for real? I think that this is a really good team. Uh, that division now is a tough division. You have the Bills, you have the Dolphins, you have the Jets, you have the Patriots who are quietly playing decent. Really, it's the defense. That Patriots defense has, start, has stepped up uh, over the last uh, week or two, and we'll get to them later on. But that division's tough. I still think the Bills are going to come out of that division. Um, it's going to be hard, though, because the Dolphins have a win on them, so they're going to have to beat the Dolphins um, to regain that total lead. But the Dolphins already have a win, and the Dolphins look unstoppable. Uh, but we'll get to them later as well. So big win for the Jets. Just not sure about uh, Zach Wilson still. I told everybody before the season started that the Jets will win seven games, and they're one game away from it. Um, I was I was very confident that the Jets could win seven games. So they're a good, they're a good young team. Don't know if they can win the Super Bowl, but maybe they can make the playoffs, gain some experience, and continue to improve over the years. Um, the Chiefs, moving on to the Chiefs, the Chiefs defeat the Titans in a well hard-earned victory, 20-17. <laughs> Pat Mahomes, another phenomenal game. 43, check this out, 43 for 68. He threw the ball 68 times. 446 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Six carries, 63 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, this game was all about Pat Mahomes. He carried them to a victory. This was all him. Uh, he made the, the big runs on third down for the touchdown. Made the big run to tie the game for that two-point conversion. He made the big plays when they needed it to. 68 times is a bit too much for me. Uh, I think that he don't need to throw the ball that much. Uh, you don't want his arm being fatigued. or. But it is Pat Mahomes, a former MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl champ, the best quarterback in the league. I guess they just say, you know what, we're going to put this in his hands. But they he had another great game. And to me, this probably propelled him uh, to the MVP of the league right now above Josh Allen. But the thing with the Chiefs is, they need to get something from their running backs. Uh, between uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, the rookie uh, Pacheco, uh, Jared McKinnon, they don't really play Ronald Jones. He just sits there. But they need to get something from that. The running backs combined for 12 carries and 14 yards. That's not going to win. That's not going. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, they have to get the run game going so that people can start respecting that run game because what's going to happen is they're going to start sending people back in coverage and they're not going to respect the run game. So they need to get that run game going. They have a top five offensive line. Well, maybe a top eight offensive line. They need to get the run game going. Uh, the run game is going to do nothing but help this team. But I mean, Pat, Pat Mahomes can carry him, and he definitely did that. Uh, Travis Kelsey tied an NFL record with his 32nd career 100-yard receiving game, tied with Rob Gronkowski and uh, Tony Gonzalez, um, one of the best tight ends to ever do it. I told you I thought he's top five, number five. Travis Kelsey continues to get better continues to be a force uh finished the game with 10 receptions for 106 yards uh juju smith schuster has been great for this team he's starting to come uh he's starting to come along as the year goes 10 receptions for him for 88 yards and miko hartman has stepped up six receptions <laughs> sorry six receptions 79 yards and a touchdown so miko hartman has been stepping up in the absence of tyreek hill feeling that kind of role that tyreek hill did he can't produce like tyreek because tyreek's a different animal but just producing, uh, getting touchdowns any type of way, receiving, running, doesn't matter. But Pat Mahomes, again, took over the MVP race, uh, put them on their back and said, just follow me. Derrick Henry, um, another incredible game, guys. 17 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. 
they were without Ryan Tannehill, their starting quarterback. Uh, I like Malik Willis. I think he needs to get some more reps, but um, he didn't look the best in this game, but you can't fault him. He's a rookie. I mean, with not a lot of practice reps, I think it, for what it was, what it was worth, I mean, he took them to overtime. He took overtime to beat them, so that young man has nothing to put his head down about. Just continue to grind, continue to work, continue to get better, continue to study the playbook, and I think it's a good thing to go ahead for Malik Willis um, out of Liberty. But Derrick Henry, real quick, let me talk about him. I was talking to one of my friends uh, that I work with. How how long can Derrick Henry keep this up? I mean, back to leading the league in rushing. The dude's just superhuman, man. He would have won the rushing title last year if he wouldn't have got hurt. He still finished top six or seven last year and only played nine games. Almost ran 4,000 yards last year. Like, how long can Derrick Henry keep this up? Because we know it running backs, you know what ends up happening. They ended up, they end up, just all of a sudden just falling off a cliff. Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you see what happened with Le'Veon. Le'Veon was great at one point, and then all of a sudden, boom, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was great at one point, then all of a sudden fell off. Look at Zeke. I mean, Zeke, he's still in the league, still producing, but Zeke was great, and just like it happens, man, they hit a wall, and it's like the next year or that later that season, they just fall off. Like, how long can Derrick Henry keep this up? How long can Derrick Henry continue to be superhuman like I don't know at this rate I'm not betting against him at this rate I think he can continue to to do what he's doing continue to run over the league like I I don't see him slowing down like if you watch his workout videos this guy's unreal man he's just unreal so kudos to Derrick Henry 17 carries 115 yards and two touchdowns I mean he has been outstanding he's the only thing that the Titans have the Titans need to get more help from their receiving room and you just saw AJ Brown roast them on social media. They need to get more help from the receivers. Um, their rookie, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, has not been good. Um, he's been hurt for most of the year, but he hasn't been good at all. Robert Woods, he's not a number one. Woods is a two or three. Uh, they, they just haven't. They, they haven't been great. So they need to get help in that receiver room. Uh, you would think OBJ, but OBJ's not going to go somewhere like that. But they, they need help. They need to draft some more receivers or find a way to get another receiver. But kudos to that man, King Henry. Derrick Henry's great. Moving on. The Eagles defeated the Texans 29 to 17. Jalen Hurts again continued his stellar season. 21 of 27 for 243 yards and two touchdowns. He continues to be an MVP candidate, continues to be a force with that team, does not turn the ball over. That's the thing about Jalen Hurts. He does not turn the ball over. Uh, one of the best throwers downfield, one of the best deep ball throwers. You know what he can do with his legs. Just an incredible leader, an incredible quarterback right now for this team, the right quarterback for this team. And everybody that doubted him, this is what you get. I hope you're looking at it and saying, man, we messed up. This is what you get. I try to tell people from day one, Jalen Hurts was the answer for Philadelphia Eagles, and look what he's doing. Dallas Goddard, eight catches, the great tight end, 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, A.J. Brown had a good game. Devontae Smith, they have weapons everywhere. Miles Sanders, th- this team continues to play mistake-free. They moved to 8-0. You know, you see the conversations about this team. Are they legit uh, because of their weak schedule? They have had a weak schedule, but I do think if you look, you know, this thing about sports. Yes, stats. Stats do tell a story, right? Stats are a big thing. But you also have to consider the eye test. Like, when you look at this team, they look like a good team. Sorry, a great team. This team looks like a phenomenal team. So you got to factor in the eye test here as well. Like, this is a great team. This is a phenomenal team uh, that's going to be there in the end. 
I think it's going to be in the NFC Championship game. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just think this team is is poised to make a run at the Super Bowl. I think they're going to end up in the NFC Championship, and we'll see what happens from there. But you can't just say because of the weak schedule, you know, they're not a legit team. I don't. You can't do. You get all you can do is play who's in front of you. Like that's not their fault. They're beating who's in front of them. So they continue to play well. They're going to win that division, I believe. They've already got a win over the Cowboys. They got to play the Cowboys again in three weeks, I think. So that's going to be a game to watch and a game to see, a game that I'm excited for. Um, moving on, a couple more teams I want to hit before we uh, move on. The Dolphins, man. Did anybody watch that game? What a game between them and the Bears. They ended up winning 35-32. Tua was 21 of 30 for 302 yards and three touchdowns. But Tua continues to shut the haters up as well. You know, people were hating on Jalen Hurts and Tua. Tua continues to shut the haters up as well. 21 of 30, 302 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 143 yards on a touchdown. Dude's unreal. Jalen Waddle had a great game. It, it, he leads the NFL receiving yards at 1,104. Let me, let me read y'all something real quick that I found crazy about this Miami team. Check this out. The NFL's triple threat is what they calling it. Tua, as a starter, he's 6-1, 1,980 yards, 15 touchdowns, and three interceptions. A great touchdown to interception ratio, 69.9% completion percentage. Unreal. 115.9 QBR. Tyreek Hill, the best receiver in the league this year so far. 76 receptions for 1,104 yards and three touchdowns. 14 and a half uh, yards per catch, which is unreal. Averaging 122 yards a game. That's un- check. But then check this out. Check out Jalen Waddle. This shows you how explosive Waddle is. Waddle only has 47 catches, which is 30 less than Tyreek Hill. 812 yards, which is 300 yards less on almost 30 yards less receptions, which is unreal. Six touchdowns. Check this out. 17 yards per catch, 90 yards a game. This this offense, guys, is unstoppable. Offense is unstoppable. They got they just traded for Jeff Wilson Jr., a great running back. They got Raheem Mostert still back there. They traded away Chase Edmonds. They just traded for uh Bradley Chubb. Like this this team, I'm I'm telling you, watch out for the Dolphins. This Dolphins team is explosive. Tua is playing great football when healthy. He is um Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the league. Jalen Waddle is up there. I mean, they're both top five in receiving yards. I mean who can stop this 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 offense was yet to be seen. If this defense can play up to par, if this defense can play better, the Dolphins might make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's not that's not an unrealistic thing to say. This Miami Dolphins team could play for the Super Bowl. That, just imagine this. Could you imagine the Miami Dolphins versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game? That score would be like 70 to 70. Like, could you could you imagine? that game Tyreek Hill versus the Chiefs his old team could you imagine the high scoring that would go on in that game I kind of I know what I want to see that game I want to see the Miami Dolphins play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game for a trip to the Super Bowl I think that would be a shootout for the ages gosh I want to see that so bad um but the Dolphins man just what a team I'm so happy for Tua continue to play well I just hope he continues to stay healthy. That's the big thing for Tua. Stay healthy, man. Um, slide. Don't take these massive hits. You got to stay healthy. Um, Justin Fields. 
the Bears are finally figuring out how to use him. We have been crying as fans for weeks. Use his skill set. Use his skill set. And they're starting to understand. Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, is starting to understand, all right, I got to use this guy's leg. He runs a 4-3 or a 4-4. You got to, you got to, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the NFL. You have to use his skill set. He was 17 of 28, 123 yards with three passing touchdowns, 15 carries, 178 yards, and one touchdown. That's the most rushing yards in a game ever. Check this out, guys. Ever in league history by a quarterback. Broke Mike Vick's record. He's coming into his own as a quarterback. We're seeing Justin Fields grow right before our eyes. We're seeing Justin Fields grow into an incredible player right before our eyes. And it's because they are starting to cater to his skill set. That's what you have to do. You have to cater to what he does best. That's something that we didn't do when I say we. That's something that the Carolina Panthers did not do with Cam Newton that I wish they would have done. You have to cater to their skill set. Everybody can't be Tom Brady. Everybody can't be Aaron Rodgers in the pocket, uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Everybody can't be those guys in the pocket. Sometimes you have to cater to the skill set, and that's what the Bears are doing with Justin Fields. They're catering to his skill set, and look what's happened. He is starting to play well. So if they can continue to surround him with talent, they traded for Chase Claypool. I'm not a big Claypool fan. Claypool said he was a top three receiver in the league. I don't know what that guy was thinking that day. But I'm not a big fan of him, but he can help. It's more than what they had. So hopefully they can continue to build something between them two. Um, and moving on, real quick, I'm not going to stay on this game long because I don't have much to say about it. The Lions defeat the Packers 15-9. to Aaron Rodgers played terrible. 23 of 43, 291 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, two interceptions in the end zone. They lost, had more injuries. They lost their uh, rookie receiver, Romeo Dobbs and Aaron Jones to ankle injuries. Just more injuries for this team. The running game was non-existent. I'm going to be honest with you guys, this team's bad. And Aaron Rodgers needs to take some of the blame for it. You can't blame them all. You can't give them all the blame for it. But you get, he gets he gets a, a good bit of it. I'm going to tell you why. He did all that crying about wanting to get traded, about wanting to have more control over the team, about wanting this and wanting that. They gave you $50 million, A-Rod. They gave you control. They gave you say. Now look at you. Now you're sitting at three and six. You're terrible. You're playing terrible. You're playing bad. Um, this team's just bad. I don't have nothing else to say about it. If that's what he gets for being, that's what he gets for wanting control, thinking that he's Tom Brady and can have his hand everywhere, that's what he gets. I love Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP. I think Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback of all time. I've always said that. A lot of people might disagree. I think he's great. His, the biggest thing about him is he don't produce in the postseason. I used to try to take up for him all the time. Can't do it no more. He doesn't produce in the postseason. He doesn't produce at all. Aaron Rodgers, he show, he don't show up in the postseason. He always comes up short, which is why he only has one Super Bowl. And he should have two or three by now, but he just don't show up. Um, I don't have much to say about them. They're terrible. They're horrible. Aaron Rodgers needs to step up and be a leader and play better as the season goes on. The, the Bucks defeat the Rams 16-13. Tom Brady was 36 of 58, 280 yards and a touchdown. Just eclipsed a ridiculous mark. 100,000 receiving yards, postseason and regular season included. That's a record that will never, ever, ever, ever be broken. 100,000 passing yards, guys. That's unreal. Um, just they're starting to play a little better. I still don't believe in this Bucks team. 
Uh, they struggled to win this game. They didn't score that last touchdown to like 20 seconds left in the fourth. They're still struggling to score. I don't believe in the Rams either. The Rams are horrible. Now Matthew Stafford's hurt. He's dealing with an elbow already, but now he's dealing with a concussion. Cooper Cup led them with eight receptions, 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, Cooper Cup's all they got. And I still think Allen Robinson can produce for them. Van Jefferson just got back. They got Higby. I still think they have great players on the offensive end. Cam Akers, I still think they're great players. But with a bad offensive line and Stafford only looking at one side of the field, they're not going anywhere. And that defense ain't the same. So I don't have much to say about either one of them teams. They're not... To me, they're not both. They're not contenders. And I know you said a team with Brady's not a contender. I don't think they're contenders. I just don't. Um, the Seahawks defeat the Cardinals 31 to 21. My man Geno continues to play well 26 of 34, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Rookie sensation Kenneth Walker the third, 26 carries, 109 yards, two touchdowns. This team's continue to play great defense. This team continues to run the ball well. Uh, they believe in Geno. Geno's proven everybody wrong. Pete Carroll's proven everybody wrong. This team, it wasn't Pete Carroll. It seems like it was Russ. Uh, seems like Russ was the problem, and they're starting to prove people wrong. Um, the Cardinals team, I want to talk about them for a second. This team's just no good. I mean, let's just put it out there. The defense isn't the same. Uh, J.J. White isn't the same. He's getting older. Uh, they lost Chandler Jones. This defense just isn't the same. Buda Baker had an emotional speech. I don't know if y'all saw that on social media where he was just going off and ranting about how they not, they're not playing well, they need to step up, they need to do more. This team's just no good. Uh, you see them on the sideline, Kyler arguing with receivers, talking, arguing with coaches. They're just not a good team. Uh, and I don't think Kingsbury the answer. I think Kingsbury, they gave him an extension, but I think it was the wrong move. I think it was the wrong move extending uh, Kingsbury. He needs to be gone. Um, this, whole, this, this, this whole scheme, this whole team, just something ain't clicking. You can watch them. They don't look like they like each other. Something's just not clicking with this team. So I don't expect them to go anywhere. Um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. I'll give you one more game that I was looking at, give you the rest of the scores. Then we'll talk about the trade deadline, power rankings. Uh, I'll talk about the MVP rankings and the rant of the week. All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. I'll be right back after this short break. All right, everybody, I'm back. A couple more. Uh, I'm going to give you the rest of the scores. And just uh, another game I was looking at that needs to be highlighted. The Bengals defeated my Panthers 42-21. to My Panthers looked like they just wasn't interested from the get-go. Either that or we were just overpowered. Um, the Bengals had – I mean, they had been playing great up until Jamar Chase got hurt. But then they, you know, laid that stinker against the Browns. So I thought, okay, we're going to be competitive. I didn't know if we'd win this game. But I thought we would at least be competitive, and we wasn't competitive at all. It was 35-0 at halftime. We just – we were not good this game. I was highly disappointed in the effort in that game. You know, I know I wanted to tank, but, man, not that. I mean, we got smacked. So um, – but they ended up scoring 21 points. You know, Baker came in, played well in mop-up duty. Uh, but – we were getting blown out, so you can't really look too deep into that. Uh, they probably were just giving us throws, uh, you know, just trying to get the game over with. But we did not look good. The one I want to highlight is uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a day. 26 total touches, over 210 scrimmage yards between rushing and receiving, and five touchdowns. Uh, just an incredible day. I know all you fantasy 
uh, managers out there are probably excited that Joe Mixon probably won you a matchup this week. Joe Mixon had an incredible, incredible game. I have him in one, in one of my leagues. He won me that game by himself. So incredible, incredible time uh, game by Joe Mixon. You saw he wanted to go back in and tie. He was doing an interview with Richard Sherman. He wanted to go back in and tie the record, NFL record of six touchdowns, but he was done. But my Panthers continued to not play well um, and, and got – and it was overpowered, just overpowered in this game. But um, moving on, just to give you guys the rest of the scores before we hit the trade deadline deals, the Chargers defeated the Falcons 20-17. to Still not a firm believer in the Chargers. Still think they uh, are the most under – what's the word I'm looking for? They have been the most underperforming team uh, in the NFL this year. Um, the Patriots, 26-3 over the Colts, nine sacks. Matthew Judon had three of them. Um, this defense continues to play well. The Colts continue to be a mess, continue to be a problem. We'll touch on them later in the show, but they continue to be a just disaster. Um, the Vikings, they moved to 7-1, a 20-17 win over the Commanders. I keep seeing everybody talk about the Vikings, about how they don't believe in them. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with how can you not say you don't believe in a team that's 7-1? Like, they can only beat who's in front of them. And a lot of people keep bringing back up the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years back. who started out 11-0, like the worst 11-0 team ever. And yeah, we looked at them and we didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. But you can only play who's in front of you, man. Like, I, I get irritated when people say that. Well, I, I don't think they're that good. They're 71. They're beating who is on the schedule. You, that's all you're asked to do. Now, I guarantee you, if they were, you know, 4-4, four four, we'd be like, oh, I told you so. But they're 71. I mean, they're a good team. They're playing well. They just traded for TJ Hawkinson, the tight end from the Lions, which is going to help them tremendously. So be able to look out for the Vikings. Jacksonville Jaguars, a 27-20 win over the Raiders. The, Ra- the Raiders blow another 17-point lead, their third one this season already. Um, since 2000, the Raiders were 52-2 when they had a 17-point lead. They've lost three of those this year alone. Um, they're a bad team. Josh McDaniels, it don't seem like that's working. That defense is not good. Uh, defense isn't good. The, the bright spot. Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, that's the only bright spot in that game. Um, he continues to be a top-five receiver that he is. Um, you know, they lost – they put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on the injured reserve, so they lost them for four more games. So, the Raiders just haven't had a good year. Um, and that wraps up the scores for that week. Uh, something I want to talk about real quick. I want to talk about uh, the deadline deals that happened uh, over um, – since before the trade deadline or after. Just some key ones I want to talk about real quick. So just a recap of the deadline deals, because I didn't get a chance to do it on my other podcast. And I know we're late. I know it's a week after, but I wanted to touch on them and just give my opinion on some of them. So Robbie Anderson, as we know, was traded to the Cardinals. Hadn't done nothing. Christian McCaffrey, as you know, was traded to the 49ers. Has played an incredible game. The two games he's been there have been great. Uh, James Robinson has been to the Jets. James Robinson scored the go-ahead touchdown uh, to over the Bills. He's been good for them. They needed him, especially since Brees Hall went down. An unfortunate ACL injury. Brees Hall was going to win rookie of the year. He has been he was playing phenomenal. Hopefully he recovers. Hopefully he bounces back. Um also, also Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn uh signed with the 
Eagles. Robert Quinn has had 18 sacks last year. was incredible. Kadarius Toney signed with Chiefs. A very underrated move. Kadarius Toney wasn't getting no burn with the Giants, but he will be good with the Chiefs. You watch what they do with him. Uh, in this game, he only had two catches, I think, but he's learning the offense. Roquan Smith, the great linebacker from the Bears, went to the Ravens. A great pickup for the Ravens to solidify that uh, linebacker spot right there beside Patrick Queen. They're going to be dominating that for a long time. TJ Hawkinson went to the Vikings. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is a very underrated tight end who played very well for them. The Vikings definitely needed one. Irv Smith Jr. went down with a bad ankle sprain. Eight to ten weeks, he's going to be out. So TJ Hawkinson takes over that tight end spot, and that's going to open up more for Justin Jefferson and Thielen. Now you can't – I mean, you can double Justin Jefferson if you want to, but now you got to deal with Thielen. You got to deal with Hawkinson. You got to deal with uh, KJ Osborne and Dalvin Cook. So, Kirk Cousins, no more excuses, my man. No more excuses. No more excuses. You like that? You like that? No more excuses. So, Chase Claypool to the Bears. Told you guys, not a huge fan of that move, but the uh, the Bears needed something. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. I like it. I like Chubb to the Dolphins. Um, I think that's going to be great. Calvin Ridley, uh, the suspended receiver from the Falcons, was traded to the Jaguars. They needed that. Um, Trevor Lawrence needed number one. When Calvin Ridley is healthy, he's a definite number one. And a lot of people forgot how good of a receiver he is. Naheem Hines went to the Bills uh, from the Colts. That's a great pickup for them. Another running back that can catch out of the backfield, that can run, that can do everything. But real quick, though, one of the things I wanted to touch on was I thought that the Chiefs needed help uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think, don't get it wrong, having Tony helps. Uh, I guess he was available. The Chiefs needed help, and I really wanted them to go after Bradley Chubb. I thought Bradley Chubb would be a phenomenal fit for them. They needed help on the defensive end of the ball. Uh, the Packers, uh, they needed to trade for a receiver. The Ravens, I'm disappointed. I mean, they got Roquan Smith, but I'm disappointed they didn't trade for a receiver. The Giants didn't trade for a receiver. I thought that some of those teams needed to trade for a receiver. They needed either to bring Claypool in or go out and get Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks was upset that he didn't get traded. Like, go out and get somebody. The Packers could have went out and got Claypool. They tried to get Claypool. They could have went out and got Brandon Cooks. The Ravens, go get Brandon Cooks. Like, we, these quarterbacks needed someone. So, I'm disappointed that they didn't get help. And I'm disappointed that the Chiefs did not get help on the defensive side of the ball because I think that that's where they need the help at. Um, they needed to go out and get someone. But, big time trade deadline moves I definitely think the winner of that trade deadline was the 49ers I mean we've seen what McCaffrey has done for that team and a very underrated one Robert Quinn is going to help the Eagles watch how he helps the Eagles it's going to make that defense even better so bunch of trade line deals that went on uh I just thought the Chiefs should have went out and got um more defensive help moving on uh back to the all things sports power rankings uh, we'll start at number 10. We'll work from the bottom up this time. At number 10, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they continue to play well. Uh, a win over uh, the Saints. Uh, Lamar continues to do everything for them. At number 9, J-E-T-S. I have the Jets. I have the Jets at number 9, playing good, solid football. At number 8, I got the Giants, both New York teams. The Giants continue to play well, had an off week. They continue to play well, continue to play great defense. Unfortunate for them, they lost their starting savior, uh, savior, starting safety Xavier McKinney, uh, ATV injury on vacation. They lost him for some uh, extended amount of time. Well wishes to him, but uh, that's going to hurt the defense a little bit because he had been playing great in the back end. 
the Seattle Seahawks come in at seven, playing great defense, running the ball well, Geno making the right reads, the right plays, not turning the ball over. Seahawks continue to play well. Coming in, now I'll be honest with you guys, the top six was tough for me. Um, a lot of good teams in this top six. Coming in at number six, the Miami Dolphins. I know you say that six, but that offense, it's the defense. The defense for them, they give up 30 points occasionally, so their defense needs to get better. At number five, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys continue to play great defense. Dak has played well. The run game has been great. Do they sign OBJ? If they can sign OBJ, that'll help them tremendously. And I actually think OBJ would look good at Dallas and would help. Him and C.D. Lamb would be a good little one-two punch there. Coming in at number four, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, a lot of people don't have the Vikings that high, but I do. You can't have a 71 team not in the top five. I just think the offense has been good. The defense, Darius Smith, you know, he left the Packers. The Packers didn't offer him what he wanted, went to the Vikings, and has been a force for them on the defensive end. At number three, I dropped him from number one, but the Buffalo Bills at three. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, you know, didn't show up well against the Jets. Uh, Josh didn't have a good game. Defense didn't play as dominant as they normally do, but they only gave up 20, so can't, you know, they did their job, but they weren't as dominant as they normally are, so I had to drop them. But the Bills are at number three. At number two, the Kansas City Chiefs stay at two for me. Uh, sensational game still against the Titans. Defense played well. Pat Mahomes carried them. But at number one, we have a new number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Can't continue to not put them at one. The last undefeated team in the NFL playing great football, led by Jalen Hurts. Um, and the coach, Nick Sarani, has been uh, great using his skill set. The defense has been great. Like I said, previously added Robert Quinn. They've been good. So those are the all things sports power rankings. Eagles at one, Chiefs, Bills at Chiefs at two, Bills at three, Vikings at four, the Cowboys at five, the Dolphins at six, the Seattle Seahawks at seven, the New York Giants at eight, the Jets at nine, and the Baltimore Ravens round out the top ten for me at number ten. Moving along, guys, the All Things Sports MVP rankings. Um, there's a new name to the MVP rankings this week. A new name. Coming in at number five, the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has, has got to get MVP consideration. He has been phenomenal. He has been great. So I have Tyreek Hill at number five. At number four, Geno, Geno Smith at number four. Geno has been great. Geno has been playing well has been guiding that team. Uh, the defense has been great, but he's been spreading the ball around, not making poor choices. Geno has been great at four. At number three, Josh Allen. Josh Allen slips all the way to three. Uh, had a terrible game. Has not played well the last two weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, hasn't played up to the standard that we know that he is capable of playing of. So Josh Allen at three. At number two, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts continue to play mistake-free football, continues to play well. But at number one, the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, Pat Mahomes, as uh, as Shannon Sharp calls him, my homeboy. Pat Mahomes at one. Uh, sensational performance over the weekend. Carried that team um, to victory. So I have Pat Mahomes at one. Jalen Hurts at two. Josh Allen at three. Geno at four. And the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, the best receiver in the league right now at five. Um, that David P. Rank is always forever changing because at any point in time, you see Josh had two bad weeks. And to me, Pat jumped up with a great performance. But um, to wrap up the show, um, again, I appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. But to wrap the show up, my rant of the week, as I always give you guys, my rant of the week this week 
It's like I mentioned before, I told you guys I was going to get to the Colts later. The Indianapolis Colts hired Jeff Saturday to coach uh, this team after they fired Frank Wright. And they hired Jeff Saturday, a high school football coach, a former offensive lineman in the NFL, ESPN analyst, to come in with no coaching experience on any level past the high school football to coach a pro team. That's an absolute spit in in the face of the minority coaches that have been trying to get, you know, uh, head jobs in the league. Eric Bieniemy. You look at Eric Bieniemy. You look at the Steelers. The Dolphins fired him. Brian Flores. That's what I'm thinking about. Brian Flores. You look at all these guys, all these minority coaches who've been trying to get jobs, who've been trying to working hard to get, you know, head coaching jobs, and they go and they hire Jeff Saturday, a guy with no experience, no nothing, to come in and be a head coach. You got to do NFL. You got to do better with this hiring of minority coaches. They put in the Rooney Rule that you have to. If anybody don't know what the Rooney Rule is, it's you have to at least interview one minority candidate. You know what, to me, get rid of that rule. Because all that rule is, is is teams just satisfying that rule. Getting somebody in, interviewing them, and not giving them a chance, right? Just doing it because they have to. Get rid of the darn rule. I'm tired of the rule. I'm tired of the NFL doing this to people. That The coach, that's a spit in the face to the rest of the coaches on your staff. What about Reggie Wayne? Reggie Wayne's an all-time great. Reggie Wayne's a great uh, player for that. Because, you know, Ursa came out and said he was a great player for us. He was a great man. Reggie Wayne was a great player. More impactful than Jeff Saturday. Reggie Wayne was there. Reggie Wayne's been there for the last two years coaching the wide receivers. Reggie Wayne's that. What about not promoting him? Promote Reggie Wayne to run the team as an interim coach. Like, and this is no shot at Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday's probably a good man, probably has a good heart. You know, probably excited for this opportunity. And anybody wouldn't turn this down, right? So I'm not mad at him. It's the fact that they looked over everybody else and took somebody with no coaching experience and made him a head coach. NFL, do better. Indianapolis coach, do better. That is not right. That's a spit in the face to all the minority candidates that say, you know what, we're going to give this guy a shot. You know what, and he better not become the head coach. If he becomes the head coach in the long run, that's messed up, man. That is messed up. Give these other coaches a chance that's been there, that's been putting in the work for years. And you always hear, you got to be an offensive coordinator first. You got to be a defensive coordinator. You got to be this first. You got to be that. You got to put in the time. Okay, that makes all sense. But when they do that, and then you go out and hire somebody that hadn't put in the time, Jeff Saturday ain't been nothing. Ain't been an offensive line coach, hadn't been an offensive coordinator, hasn't been nothing. He's a special advisor to the team, a special advisor. So pretty much he just gives opinion. That's all that is. He gives his opinion to the team, and you hired him. Do better, man. Miss me with that. That's messed up. That's my rant of the week, All Things Sports Podcast. Hope you guys have a great day, night, evening, whatever it is that you're listening to this. As always, I, JR, appreciate the support. I appreciate you tuning in. Continue to share, continue to share this podcast with everybody, and I appreciate everything. All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. This was episode 11. Be on the lookout for more. Peace out.